0: This morning, I would like to introduce Pastor Funwayo Melaleuca as our guest speaker. Funwayo is known to many of us here at Southside, and he has preached here on several occasions over the past few years. Originally from Malawi, Africa, Funwayo came to the United States in 2014 with his wife Victory in order to study at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary after completing his seminary studies in 2018 he serves he has served as a senior pastor in Medway Village Church in Medway Mass Pinwell and Victory have been married for 18 years and they have three children Edwin Elizabeth And Elora. Uh, Welcome, Pastor Finwayo.
1: Well, good morning. You can say a better good morning than that. Good morning. Well, I'm so glad and privileged to, to be here with you. Uh, last time I, I was here, I was a, quite a year, almost a year ago. And uh, I guess it takes a year for me to come back, so I'm here. Um, but me and uh, your pastor, Valeria, and very good friends, uh, actually when I say about it, it takes me a year to come back, I'm just saying that in jest. Uh, we are very good friends, and we constantly uh, are in fellowship over the phone. Uh, sometimes there is uh, food involved, uh, which is uh, what I always look for uh, forward to when we are ever going to meet. Uh, so it's it's good to be uh, back here at the Southside, and. Uh, Uh, One of the things that we can really enjoy in this time is to have those things that we used to have before COVID and having them back. Uh, I'm especially excited with the potluck coming back. Uh, I always look for for potluck. So uh, I heard that the young people are going to have something like that. Uh, I'm in intensive prayer right now to see if we can shift that to today so that, you know. uh, But I know the Lord doesn't answer that that quickly, as a friend said. Sometimes he says, slow down. So I'm going to pay attention to that. Uh, Well, I want to share with you, uh, out of um, the guidance that uh, me and Valerian have been sharing Uh, as he has shared with me what he has been doing uh, here in terms of his preaching, uh, that you were going through a series of encountering Jesus. And I want us to uh, go in line with that as we turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 22 this morning. Luke chapter 22 and we want to read from verse 31 and 30, through 34 and then we're going to skip uh, to read uh, 54 uh, to 62. Before we do that, let us pray. Fathers, we open the scriptures before us in the text. may we also open our hearts May we open our mind to receive that which you have prepared for us to receive today. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 31 says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you, like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. and when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, "Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death." And Jesus said to him, "I tell you, Peter, that the rooster will not crow this day. Until you deny me three times that you know me. Uh, Skipping on to verse... Actually, I said the wrong uh, text there. Skipping on to... Yeah, uh, 54. 54. This man also was with him, but he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Suddenly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately when he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he said... To him before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. This morning, I want to share with you a title of the message, When the Rooster Crows. The idea of the message is that when the rooster crows, it is time to get things right. When the rooster crows, it's time to get things right. I don't know about you, but for me to wake up, it just takes for me to just wake up. Sometimes I do use an alarm especially when I sleep late and I have something that I need to do, that I need to wake up early in the morning at the time that I'm supposed to wake up. But I'm sure in the midst of all that you go through in waking up, you have stories of how you gotten to be awakened. You probably have been uh, tickled maybe with a feather by one of your children who's playing with you while you were sleeping and came with a feather and and started to tickle your ears and uh, you wondered what was going on, and you slept and you realized you woke up because the child was doing something crazy with you. Uh, maybe You are such a deep sleeper that calling your name is not enough to wake you up. Uh, You need a bucket of water to be thrown at your face to wake up. Uh, Maybe just a nudge is enough for you. Maybe a door cracking open in your home is enough to wake you up. Yeah, and you're awake. And maybe it's the tippy toes of a cat in your house. When the cat is moving, you already are sensitive enough to wake up. The reality is that all of us are awakened by different things in life. But you see, that is also the desire for God, that we live a life that is awakened. You see, God is, uh, one of His amazing things that He is, is that Our God knows all things and that he is more than capable of dealing with anything that comes up in our lives. And his desire really is for us to trust him in that regard. That, that He is the one who knows our life and that knowledge needs to be trusted. And not just the knowledge of Him knowing us, but being able to handle and help us when we go through things in life. Uh, this desire, nevertheless, is never always accomplished because there is a struggle, as you know, we have with that. Because we tend to lean more in our own abilities. Uh, we tend to uh, be confident in ourselves. Uh, we want to be Aware of our abilities, how much we are going to handle the situations that come our way. Until we are unable and then we begin to look for help. But the help is always there. God is always seeking for us to have him in our lives, to trust him, to walk with him, to lean on him. And as the proverb says, to lean on him and not to lean on our understanding, to trust him and not to trust ourselves, but in all our ways to have confidence in him and not ourselves. Uh, There is a struggle that is present in our life. We tend to trust our judgment more than we are willing to trust God. Uh, It is a strange thing for me uh, how I find myself of being capable to handle all that goes through. I wonder how sometimes I do it on my own. There are times that we can get so confident about the outcome of what we are going through to the detriment of ourselves, to the detriment of our peace, to the detriment of our joy, to the detriment of our gladness. We stick. things in the way that we want them to be, so much so that we miss the hand of God in it all, and even miss the opportunity to say, God, I need you in this moment. The song has been said, what often peace we forfeit when we do not take things to God in prayer. Uh, We think many times we can do it, we can handle it, we even encourage one another then we can do it. We encourage one another by saying these words. You got it. You can make it. You can do this. And we even say these words. You know, if there is anyone I know who can handle what you're going through, is you. So please don't let me down. The awareness, the awareness that we have, the lack of it, the lack of awareness, the lack of being mindful, and the ignorance that we tend to walk in life uh, disregarding the hand of God at times ought to be corrected. You see, God doesn't leave us like that. God wants us to know that we should trust him and we should fully trust him. And he he does not desire for us to suffer in our limitations. Uh, God wants our mind to be geared towards what he is planning for our lives. What he has called us more than he desires for us to have a confidence of our own abilities. So God tends to awaken us from time to time. He has to awaken us from these tendencies of missing Him. Uh, One of the realities of God is that His grace which comes alongside of us to do what we cannot do ourselves, that we cannot wake up ourselves sometimes. It, it takes something outside of us to awaken us. Do I hear anybody who says, yes, that is true? Um, God, God always sends notifications. Uh, he always bings on our consciousness Uh, The same way you receive notifications on your phone, you're not anticipating them, but they get your attention somehow. And you look at your phone 12,000 times a day because of notifications. Uh, God also wants to have that in our lives. That at the top of the shoulder, we are turning towards Him. At the sight of something, at the sight of someone, at the conversation with someone, we are awakened in such a way that we are present with that person, fully engaged and not just... Uh, seeing a face that is disturbing our peace or disturbing our agenda for the day or uh, throwing off our schedule of the day. God wants us to be present with people. He wants to reach people through others and he tends to awaken us in order for that to happen because if it's left up to us, we are not going to see people we are seeing. Uh, This story of Peter really shows the highlight of this reality of being awakened. The denial of Jesus by Peter, depicts a person who is entrenched in a life of his own, a confidence in his ability. I will follow you even to death, even to prison. I will follow you. And yet he is not conscious of the realities when the realities really comes to fruition. Have you ever said this to yourself? If ever this happens, I will not do this. Or if ever this happens, I will do this. If if ever this happens, I will not do this. This, If ever something like this happens again, I will, I will, I will. And uh, the tendency is you see the track record of yourself that really what you say you're going to do, when the time comes, you're not able to do it. That's why God sends reminders. This morning he gives us a story of Peter uh, and uh, he sends him a rooster to crawl on his behalf of his consciousness to awaken him. I remember the story of David. David had done a miserable sin in his life. He had uh, went into adultery with somebody's wife and even murdered the husband. And he didn't even sense to him. He didn't have the sense to him that he has done something wrong. It had to take the prophet Nathan to actually tell him him a story that awakened his conscience, awakened him to his reality of his ugliness of his sin, the ugliness of his heart. My brothers and sisters, this morning, I want to ask you this question. What is the rooster that is crowing, crowing in your life that you need to pay attention to? If we jump into the text, we see three things that I want to point out to you Uh, The first and foremost thing is this reality that before the rooster crows, God knows all things. He doesn't know them very well after the fact. you have opened your heart, after you have put out the words out of your mouth. He doesn't know them then. He knows them before. He knows us very well. If there is one thing about God, the dearness of God is that He knows me well. And sometimes that truth eludes us and we think that we have to explain ourselves to God. It, It seems as we have to explain to God how quick-tempered we are, how, how short memory we have. Uh, God knows us and He wants to lead us in and with those limitations that we have. Uh-huh. So I don't need to focus on my confidence. I just need to turn to God and say, God, you know me, lead me because He knows us full well. Notice what is happening in the text in verse number 31. He says to Peter, he calls him by his old name. He says, Simon. He doesn't call him once. He calls him twice. He says, Simon, Simon. And that is an attention getter if you forget that. If somebody calls your name twice, it means there's something serious that you have to pay attention to. And the truth is, There are certain things that come with great attention to us that we still need. After paying attention, we still need the hand of the Lord to guide us through what got us the attention. There are two things that are happening here that are interesting. First of all, he says, Peter, uh, there's something that is going on. Satan has demanded Uh, You have to catch that word, Uh, Satan has demanded. Uh, it, It means that Satan has come to God, has come to Jesus and put a demand on God to do something, to respond to his wishes. And Jesus is in full knowledge of this information. He says, Satan has done this already for you. He's demanding that he should have you. And notice what he's demanding. He's demanding that he should sift you as wheat. The word there, sift as wheat, is a very vigorous shaking. A shaking that shakes the inside to to cause the things that you're confident about, the things that you have come to believe, to shake them and to render them unuseful. says he wants to shake you. He wants to shake you so hard uh, that you lose it all. And if you pay attention to, to what goes on here, is that Jesus says to him, but I have prayed for you. Before you, get, you say amen to the prayer of Jesus, I want you to pay attention to the fact that that demand was actually given. And Jesus knows that. That's how fully knowledgeable he is about our ins and outs of our life. Uh, Before Jesus prays, we have to know that there are certain things that he allows into our lives. There are certain things that uh, the enemy comes to God and say, have you seen that servant of yours? Can I have a chance of just touching his schedule today and I want to shake him a a little bit. I want to shake the marriage a little bit. I want to shake his job, his confidence. I want to shake that. And God allows that. And he doesn't just allow that. Uh, He lets us know that while he allows it, he prays for us. He prays for us. And, And this is the prayer... We're going to get back to it. But the prayer is that I have prayed for you that when you have come back, you should strengthen your brothers. In other words, he prays for purpose in his life. In other words, he prays for a mission in his life. So Peter responds to this uh, and says, I think you don't know anything, Jesus. I I am sold out for you. I'm ready to die with you. And even to go to prison with you. Peter looks at his self-reliance. I can do this. I can handle this. I'm able I can do this. I just need a little motivation. I can do this. And Jesus turns to him and says, "Thank you for that. But let's disregard that, because this is what is going to happen. Today, before the rooster crows, you will actually deny me three times. He doesn't say, you will just deny me. He says, you are going to deny me three times. Uh, I think Peter said, no, we don't have that in, in the scriptures. Of course, this is my imagination. I'm allowed for my imagination, right? Peter says, I don't think so. You don't know me. <laughs> you, you are up with the devil's business. I know me. I'm not going to do that. But here's the reality. The rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. You know, instead of Peter saying, really? Help me. I know I don't want to lose you. I have so much faith in you. Please help me that this rooster, when the rooster crows, I am still sold out for you. I'm still hanging on to you. Even when everybody else is running away, I want to be with you. Please help me. He doesn't say that. He goes on and says, the Bible says that when they see Jesus and. Uh, Verse 54, he followed. And I I can see Peter in his heart saying, at least I'm following. At least I haven't run away. At least I am slow, but I'm there. I'm coming. I'm not going to run away. Here is the reality. When the rooster crows... It's a great reminder. It's a resounding reminder. Have you ever heard a rooster crow? Has it gotten your attention before? Maybe you haven't. Maybe you, you don't know, even know what a rooster is. <laughs> when, when you hear that sound, it is so distinct. It catches your attention. If if you are in deep sleep, that sound will wake you up. When the rooster crows, it's a distinct sound that is made. In actual fact, science says that uh, we have a misconception that a rooster makes more noise than a dog's bark. In actual fact, they're just the same. But you know, the rooster, when the rooster crows, it gets our attention. And, and this is exactly what happens because we have to get in to be gotten attention of because sometimes we're sleeping and this is exactly what Peter is doing. He's asleep in his awake. He's awake, but he's asleep. He's conscious, but he is asleep. He's asleep to the reality of what is happening. He's asleep to what is actually being asked of him. You were with Jesus. I saw you, you were with Jesus. And, and he says, no, no, no. No, i don't know this man he's asleep second time another man comes to him and says you are one of them and he again instead of remembering what jesus had said he says these words come on man Stop bothering me. I don't know this guy. I don't know who you're talking about. I'm just here for the fire. I don't know this man. And then the third man comes. And the Bible says this man insisted that you are the man who was with Jesus. Another Gospels, they say that Peter at this point began to say words that were not supposed to come from a a, a, a Southside Baptist, Southside Bible Fellowship person. He started saying some words. You know, those words that you say when somebody cuts you off. uh, that, that, That words that you keep in your heart when you're your blinker is on. You want to take the the spot, the parking spot. And you're waiting for somebody to pass by. And, and somebody just comes in and take that spot. And you're like, ah! And certain words come out. Uh, these are the words that Peter began to uh, say he, He's saying them not out of frustration. He's saying them out of reasoning. He's saying them out of full consciousness of the question that is being asked. But yet he says, I do not know this man. And the Bible says, while he, the words were still in his mouth, the rooster crowed. And there was no denying about this situation anymore. When the rooster crawled, he got his attention. He got his senses awakened. He realized the moment of truth has come. He realized, this is what I said I wasn't going to do and I have done it. And to even make it a point, Jesus looks at him. And... and I like the fact that Jesus looks at us, especially when we are not paying attention to what is going on in our hearts, what is going on in our mind. He looks at us. He grabs our attention. He sends us notifications to arouse our consciousness that we recognize His face. We recognize His grace. We recognize His mercy. We recognize His love that He awakens us that we become conscious of this reality, the truth about who He is. Thirdly, lastly, you see when the rooster crows, It's not just so that Jesus has a look on you and, you know, like he has forgotten your face. It's not about that. It's not to shame us. It's not to embarrass us. Jesus, when he looked at Peter, he didn't look at him and say, see, I told you. It wasn't with that attitude it was that this is the moment i prayed for you this is the moment that you can lose it this is the very moment that you can throw it all out that you have denied your master that you have denied something that you said you are not going to do it i have prayed for you for this moment that when this moment comes that you will not fall off that you will not abandon your marriage that you will not abandon your children that you will not abandon your responsibility i have prayed for you I want you to know this face that is looking at you is not a face that I got you. It's a face that says I prayed for you and you are okay. There are two things that need to happen when this moment comes from the text. Number one is that if ever you are awakened from the reality of not walking the way that you said you're going to walk, it's not time to say, I'll do better next time. Number one, we have to get things right. And number one, what we have to get right is we have to get Things right with God. The Bible in verse number 62 actually says, he went out and cried bitterly. He, he, he was in tears. He was in remorse. He was sorry for what he did. He, he was struck by his ugliness of his sin. He was set a blaze in his heart and he had to get things right with God and, and, and God had to be loved again because when the moment comes I've prayed that you are strengthened and this crying that Peter does we know he didn't lose it we know he comes back and he becomes an apostle who is relied upon on the early church we know he got things right with God we know We have to get things right with God. And not only that, we have to get right. We have to get right on the mission. We have to get on the right things. Uh, We have to get things right with God. And we have to get things about our life right. What is it that should occupy our life now? What is it that should guide us from here on? What am I going to do now? Now that I'm tight with God again, what am I going to do now? Because if you remember, in the midst of the, the bikes outside, if you remember this, he said to him, when you have been strengthened, you should strengthen your brothers. You should strengthen other people. Uh, Your focus should not be on yourself. The focus should now be on why has God turned you from a place where you could have fallen. That you focus now on mission. On the mission that God has for you. That it's not all about you. There are people who need strength. There are brothers and sisters who need strength. Strength. Don't give up because if you give up, somebody else will give up because you will not be there to strengthen them. To let them know how good God is, how good the sweet look of Jesus is on your face. We need, brothers and sisters, people who have come back, back with God to strengthen other people. And if I may say this, sometimes as church people, as fellow believers, we don't look well on those that have come back. We don't see them as having a good agenda. Yes, there has to be the Witness that what has happened to them is a true reality. Yes, there has to be that. But sometimes it's out of our own queasiness, our own ugliness. How can this guy come back? Like the prodigal son, when the son came back, remember what the brother said. This your son who came back. Who squandered everything. How you can throw a party for him. I have been here with you. I haven't done anything. I haven't denied you. How come you are throwing a party at somebody? Sometimes we need to correct one another, brothers and sisters, that the awakening that needs to happen is how we view one another when we have been restored to the love of God. May God grant us grace. Let us bow our heads in prayer. I don't know where you are this morning, or this past week, or this past month, or this six months that have been, or last year, or the two years that have been, or three, four, ten, twenty years that have passed, if you have ignored the rooster's noise. I don't know if you have. But maybe there's something that is going on now that is nagging you and uh, begging your attention, begging you to come alive to your senses. Maybe it is a sickness. Uh, Maybe it is a relationship going awkward. Maybe it is your temper. Maybe it is Something else, whatever it may be. Could that be a rooster crawling crawling for you to say, Lord, I come back. I'm here following you. I'm here by the fire. I haven't denied you. I haven't run away from you. But there's something that I'm just oblivious to in my life. I want to pray for you and with you to say may God strengthen you at this time. May you indeed walk up, wake up from that sleep. Wake up from that unconsciousness. Wake up from that unawareness. Wake up from that unmindfulness. Wake up from your ignorance. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the grace that you give us. Thank you for the reminders that you send us. Thank you for the tag that you do on our shoulders. Thank you for friends who say to us, don't do this. Thank you for the friends, our wives, our husbands who say, there's a better way. May we awaken to that reality of what you're calling us to.